Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Vynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Mindy McGrath. Developing a strategic plan that maximizes value is a foundation practice for any successful organization. As the healthcare landscape evolves, opportunities and challenges ranging from R&D investment, regulatory pressures, shifting customer mix, competitive landscape, rapid digital transformation, and demanding performance expectations raises the question of how life sciences organizations identify opportunities to enhance and integrate business planning. Today, we're joined by Vynamics' Ryan Hummel, Owen Thomas, and Dan Ahern to help us better understand the status of integrated business planning in life sciences, as well as the importance of why it's needed to be front and center as an organization strives to perform top of class, bringing new therapies to the market while also meeting the demands of the market. So welcome everyone. Thanks for joining Trending Health. As we dive into this pretty meaty topic, Dan, I wanted to just have you kick us off with helping us understand what we're talking about when we say integrated business planning, because the term in and of itself feels a little nebulous. Integrated business planning, essentially for all life science companies with all of the different functions and departments doing so many things that all impact each other, integrated business planning is really important because it's the one place where they can get together and all plan together. So all of the different functional plans, activities, this is where it all gets pulled together so that we can really see if the future is, is going to be successful, or are we going to meet our plans? Integrated business planning, although it has many different names in different companies from sales and operations planning or core commercial planning, etc. Essentially, it's an enterprise-wide set of processes, data flows, races that pull together all of those different bits of information and activities to really make sure that the future is going to be as successful and the strategy is going to be hit. This may sound like a no-brainer, and I know within life science companies, which you all are experts on, there's really some, I guess, mutually exclusive disparate, but also connected departments and teams. So of course, we want to ensure alignment within your org, but just like any of these transformational projects or these overarching planning programs, it's easier said than done. It does seem like it is much easier said than done. And while it may seem like a core capability that most organizations should possess. I don't know how many organizations have necessarily always considered it to be a necessary capability to have. Owen, I'm wondering, can you talk to us a little bit about what it looks like when an organization doesn't practice integrated business planning? Probably the most obvious symptom that that the integrated business planning process is not as effective as it could be is leadership management teams are spending their time putting out fires. And that's typically because as Dan referenced earlier, their teams are not working to a common goal and a common set of plans. So you may have finance working to one set of numbers, the sales teams working to something completely different. And then your supply chain and operations teams are, you know, maybe forecasting a, a lower number to achieve. And so leadership and management are then using their time to understand the gaps between them and how they manage those gaps. 
you often see companies that miss their targets because actually what happens then is that the forecast just match targets, right? So everything looks like it's looking really good and the future is bright. But then when you actually get there, you realize there's big gaps there. And then you're running around firefighting, just like you said, to, to actually hit them. And a lot of the time you are not able to meet short-term targets as well as your longer-term ones. And as you say, everyone's putting out fires, right? And stressed and running around doing lots of different analysis as why you didn't get there, et cetera. So it's, it's also about having a real control and understanding of the numbers and the, and the plan and all of the assumptions, risks, and opportunities that, that underpin that as well. And there is an element to that, Dan, about being pragmatic. I mean, you mentioned forecast, and I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think if we talk about what, what we've seen right across the industry is sometimes a level of maybe over-indexing or over-optimism when it comes to the forecast in particular. But before we talk about that in, in further detail, Danny, you mentioned something, and, and Owen, you did as well, about really truly understanding the importance of what happens when integrated business planning doesn't really exist or isn't operating in an, a very effective way. I'm wondering if we can expand on that a little bit more and just talk about what the costs are of not having an integrated business planning process. Owen, you talked about frustration, but I've got to imagine beyond frustration, there are some real cost consequences for not having a good integrated business planning process? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, in, in our experience at Dynamic, these integrated business planning processes are a huge driver of time and effort. And as you say, frustration as well. We estimate based on our experience that a, a top 10 life sciences organization probably spends hundreds of thousands of hours on these processes a year at a cost of tens of millions of dollars. So you can imagine if you're if you're wasting time, if you're repeating these processes, there's a huge amount of waste that's potentially going in to your organization that could really be streamlined. And you know, more than the effort and the, the cost, I think this is really a way for leadership to ensure they're tracking towards their strategy in a consistent way. And I think to, to pick up on something Dan said, it's also about making sure there are fewer surprises. So if we're not gonna hit our numbers, we understand that early, we understand what the gaps are, and then maybe we even have an opportunity to try and correct that. So it's really about that early visibility and then also being able to prioritize accordingly. So maybe we need to divert resources from one asset into another to make sure we can kind of bolster that and make sure we hit, hit our numbers for the year. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're absolutely right there. There's never been a more difficult time to be planning Historical sales from COVID has is, is really changed a huge amount. So understanding what patients want, what, what product at what time is, is really, really difficult to see. What customers are ordering patterns is, has changed a lot. Macroeconomic pressures coming into play with recession discussions, uh, inflation hitting uh, people all over the world. War in Europe stopping flows of products and, and causing differences in distribution times, etc fluctuating currency exchanges you know there's a whole list of things that are really really difficult but also mean that planning effectively and actually not losing all of your time doing it for teams has never been more important as well and really getting a handle on all of those assumptions what plan for what you can understand and then trying to give yourself options to be able to fill gaps or fill surprises if they do come up and you can't control it as well so i think it's a very difficult time but also very very important for companies to do this well 
right? And I have to imagine that you're not going to get hit all of these correctly when you think about those challenges that you just mentioned, Dan. But if an organization really has a good process and structure around integrated business planning, capturing some of that is better than capturing none of it, right? And, and I think about what the benefits of doing this this exercise, and it really isn't an exercise. I think it's just part of the organization, right? But what the benefits are and how it cascades down to an operational level, because at some point there is the, the strategic process of business planning, but at another point we have to pivot into executing upon that plan. So I'm curious when, when you think about what the benefits are at an operational level, how does this capability show up? First of all, what we're talking about is a set of meetings, calendars, and processes like we discussed, but this affects the entire organization, right? Right from the global level, regional, and then down into markets who are then executing this as well. So you're touching an enormous amount of people and to get everyone aligned into a regular monthly, quarterly, annual cycle is a big, big task. And a major factor of this is having a clear set of numbers. So everyone aligned around a single set of numbers from volume to value. That are connected second one is reduced workload right there should only be a single process that is being used for planning and not lots of different ones from marketing and sales and supply chain that cause different numbers in, in themselves to, to spring up so it should as well when you're doing an effective integrated business planning really reduce the amount of workload and, and be very clear on who has to do what each month I think it also gives structure and it brings a confidence in the numbers and where the business is going to land. As we said, if you're firefighting all the time, this, this becomes a very difficult environment. Now, if you're doing a really well-structured integrated business planning at the market level, you're looking into the future and you're really planning to fill those gaps early and you're, and you're looking at different problems that might be cropping up and really being able to tackle these as a team together. And then the last one is just breaking down functional silos. I think this is the main process to do that. Every function has their own objectives, et cetera, but here is the point at which all of them get together and work on a regular basis together. So I think this is one of the major benefits as well. Dan, you had mentioned a lot about some of the silos and functional areas and disparate areas that have to work together in this process. And you know, I have a question around market access, for example. We've worked with clients in the past where there's a lot of amazing ideas around market access that are country specific or regionally specific. And there's a lot of great best practices that can be shared. I just am wondering, you know, when I think about the, the power of something like this integrated business process, are those kinds of things that are shared and part of this process? Is, is it something that can be worked on in the future? I'd love your, your thoughts on that. When these processes are working well, that is absolutely the sort of information that we should be sharing. I think if, if we thought about this on like a maturity scale, I think that's a, like the relatively far extreme and actually probably a, a more of a entry level discussion would be around the implications of access and what it might mean for the numbers, for example. So typically we would see market access built into plans as a, as a risk and an opportunity. So if we're able to Secure accelerated access, for example, that would bring forward access in the market. Therefore, revenues would be pulled forward. But definitely that kind of best practice sharing is something that companies should be aiming for over the longer term. 
I think the feedback loop from these meetings as well, as it goes further and further up the organization is absolutely critical. Because obviously if the discussion stays in that meeting above market or above region even, then it's not very useful for the people down below. Um, so I think that that feedback loop from those meetings is absolutely critical and also the, the ability to share best practice. And when you're seeing something work really well in one market, the ability to act quickly, getting the decisions that are made back in time is, is a key part of integrated business planning working well. Dan, you mentioned the word agility. And I think in our experience, what we have seen is that oftentimes this is not the most agile process. Therein lies some of the opportunity. It has been common to see the planning process take a long time. And then when it comes to execution, by the time the plan is, is signed off on and execution starts, the cycle of planning begins again. And so oftentimes the tactical or execution piece does not have a lot of time to take root before the planning process starts its next cycle. So I'd love to talk a little bit about what's currently hindering effective integrated business planning beyond agility, because I have a feeling that there are a couple of things that we could tick off pretty quickly that healthcare leaders in organizations could be thinking about or focusing on as opportunities to make this process more effective. The balance is, is finding the right level of detail that you get into in this process so that it's not so complicated and so detailed that every month you're spending massive amounts of time whilst you can also be agile enough to be able to react to market situations and take advantage of opportunities as you see them each month or each quarter, et cetera. So I think one of the key things is getting the right balance of detail right for markets so that they're not swamped in data and, and don't know where to look or which number to look at, et cetera. And then also having a really clear process that is linked to all the other meetings so that you can have it within a short period of time and there's a really clear calendar on when certain decisions will get made. And so I think the calendar, the process, and then the level of detail um, that you design your IBP process is the absolute critical piece. And, and then linking between markets, regions, et cetera, and the other meetings that they have to deal with is really critical there. And it's certainly something that, that comes up a lot when you're in life science companies. It's, it's the analysis paralysis where people are just running around and recutting numbers is, is definitely real. Right. And I think underpinning all of that, there's an element of culture, right? And how culture actually helps to, to either support a more effective process or not. I also imagine, Owen, that some of the short-term pressures that, that our organizations face right, end up pivoting teams into almost like continuous firefighting mode. Yeah, that's right. I, I think it's worth acknowledging and recognizing the fact that lots of major life sciences organizations are, are publicly owned. And I think therein lies a tension between delivering numbers in the quarter and in the financial year and trying to balance that off with, with long-term investment. And it, it, again, a symptom of organizations that are not doing this very well is, you know, 90% of the focus is delivering the short term. Now, where you really want to get to with integrated business planning is that the long and the short term should be balancing each other out. And when you're doing this well, 
and we discussed this earlier, there are no surprises in the short term. And so you, you can then uh, switch your focus to be slightly you know, more medium and longer term focused as well. With Owen talking about and Dan talking about how important it is to go from short term to long term. And, you know, when I think about that comment, one of the, the things referencing what Dan had mentioned about trying to get it to go from above above market to kind of be effective at the operational level. Where is this all memorialized, published, talked about, communicated? Because if you want to make changes and make sure everyone is clearly and consistently on board with the same set of numbers and the same vision and same strategy, how is this being communicated across these broad, enormous organizations? I've seen it in, in multiple different ways. One from really integrated systems, right, where it's, it's relatively easy and captured in there. And I've seen businesses do this in Excel, et cetera, and PowerPoint. So you know, it depends on the maturity, obviously, but I think the more and more you can push towards having it fully integrated in the systems, where you can have system reporting, KPIs, et cetera, I think is, is critical. And doing that from the bottom up, so starting in the market that then rolls up and having the same slice of numbers is critical so that everyone's on the same page and everyone's talking the same language. And these are some of the, I suppose, principles or frameworks that you need to set out and agree how you want to look at the numbers, both at a global, regional and, and local level, and how those all roll up is, is a core part of having an integrated business planning that, that works for the company. Yeah, I think it's worth saying that one mistake we see is often people treat integrated business planning as a, a system or a, a, an implementation of a technology that's somehow going to solve all of this. Now, Certainly data has to be at the core of a good integrated business planning process, but arguably what's more important is having the process itself and then developing your people in a way that they can really be bought into the, to the process is probably more important. So you mentioned, Owen, having a process to begin with and then working on your people, but I think what we're talking about are some of the, the fundamental components, right, of building a, a process people, process, and technology, and making sure that that operating model is in alignment, right? There needs to be alignment, there needs to be governance and decision-making frameworks so that it drives consistency of a process that's developed, which I think is another miss that we often see is it's not the, only the process, it's how you support the process within the organization. Uh, so I think there's an element here about being very pragmatic about what needs to be done to create a consistent and effective integrated planning process. Where are we seeing examples of integrated business planning being done well? What works within it and what's not working? The companies that are probably doing this the best are those that have a really clear understanding of what they need to do at what points. And by that, I mean, you don't have to refresh or redo this entire process every month, every quarter. There are elements of it that you would refresh every month. So for example, you would wanna pull in the latest sales data, the latest patient information, for example. But in terms of you know, longer term planning and infrastructure planning, you may only do that once a year and, and that may be appropriate. And so it's really about understanding what decisions you need to make at what point and then designing your planning process around that. So it really doesn't have to be a huge lift every month or every quarter. 
the maturest firms have worked that out. And an element I would also add is there is a balance, right, between having a very structured process while also trying to enable a level of entrepreneurial spirit within an organization. And I think that kind of points to an element that, that we talked earlier about around culture. So in advanced processes, the discussion is about the risks and opportunities on the forecast and not necessarily the forecasted number itself because people trust that. And so once you get into that cycle, you're really about how do we how do we jump on the opportunities that we have? How do we have the entrepreneurial spirit that you mentioned there to really go beyond the target even or beyond the budget? And how do we challenge the risks to make sure that they don't materialize? A critical part of this, you can have all the tools, templates, processes, calendars, but unless you have a supportive culture, then really actually there's only a limited level of maturity that you can get to with this process. And it's, it's absolutely critical to have a good culture that's transparent, that allows people to flag risks and, and gaps to the budget that they're seeing early, but also a level of accountability as well. You know, if there is a gap to, to budget, what are we going to do to fill it? Having a proactive attitude and really going after the opportunities to, to try and close any gaps that you see. Without a doubt, what we're seeing in the best organizations is a really healthy culture that allows people to speak the truth of what they can see and bring that up to senior leaders and have constructive conversations on, on how to address any uh, issues that they see. Well, I thought this was a really interesting discussion on a topic that we have not really explored before, but is so core to the essence of a life sciences organization and how they think about short and long-term opportunities. And as we know, the dynamics of a rapidly evolving healthcare industry from diverse customers and purchasers to the ever-changing competitive landscape and just the demanding performance expectations require life sciences organizations to have a robust, efficient, and agile integrated planning process where information can move seamlessly throughout the organization. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in this episode, subscribe to the Trending Health podcast and explore if Dynamic can help your company with ongoing healthcare industry change. Please visit trendinghealth.com.